The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Well, Colin, it uh, it was quite a weekend. Missouri is playing the Florida Gators at home, and lo and behold, after a topsy-turvy strange game, Missouri ends up victorious 24-23. to I think we all thought it was possible after South Carolina and, you know, Lord knows Florida has been in the toilet and Britain, just a, a game break. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday night. And as of right now, it's halftime at the Mizzou basketball game. SMU leads Mizzou 29 to 18 at the half. So just so everybody knows that's going on. If you're keeping up with Conzo's final year at Missouri. Yeah. Well, yeah, you say final year, but obviously you haven't been reading about it because apparently they aren't even allowed to fire him till May 1st, which basically is after when coaches are hired and fired for the following okay. season, because the contract that Sturt gave him is the worst in history of man. And Jim Sturt should be stripped naked and beaten with uh, jumper cables. But anyway, enough about the basketball team. <laughs> um, it was a great football game. It was entertaining. I, two weeks in a row getting to watch the Mizzou Tigers win. Well, it has, it's been a rare thing this year. And it started bumpy in, in some ways. I mean, I think if you were following online, the sentiment from us and everyone else was, what is Connor Baselak doing starting this game? And 
not because Connor Basilak is a terrible quarterback, because he's shown in several uh, occasions that he's not a terrible quarterback, but he is very obviously hurt and has no mobility. And not only that, they were, they kept running those read options where they were like, and there was no chance that Basilak is going to run the ball. So it's just completely ineffective as far as like convincing. I mean, anyway, Basilak played serviceably. Serviceably was a good enough because our defense played so remarkably well. It's the most bizarre thing in the world. After this year, it, the defense has been so incredibly bad, and it's been the primary point of concern this whole season. And last night, Saturday, the defense kept us in this game. The reason we had a chance to win was because of the stout Missouri defense. And like the reasons you mentioned, Connor Basilak limping along and Drinkwitz's almost absurd loyalty to keeping him in despite clearly it not working out. It, you know, it's, it's flipped. Everything's flipped. You know, the offense struggles and now the defense is good. Like we can never seem to put the two things together at the same time. But thankfully, we still have Tyler Beatty and Connor Bazelak did make some very important throws in that game, especially in the second half. I mean, the first half, it was just embarrassing to see him out there. He was floundering. Yeah. We had nothing and going I think, on. I think Drinkwitz has a legitimate argument like, hey, we won the game with the, cho- the quarterback that I chose, but I can't help thinking that most people who watched that game don't think that that game might have been won in uh, regulation with the way the defense was playing if anybody else had played quarterback. Yeah, no, um, that's right. He, Connor ended up making the plays that needed to be made to win the game, but it never needed to be that close. No, it really didn't. And Mizzou played, I mean, the defense played so well. The defensive line especially played well. They put on pressure all day. They had sacks. Trajan Jeffcoat looks like the guy we knew from last year who was an SEC standout or was all team SEC or whatever the hell. And then, you know, McGuire's playing well. And that, uh, is it Wingo, uh, the new kid? I mean, he looks great. And I just, it's remarkable. Blaze Aldridge is playing well. I still don't think, <laughs> I mean, he's still too small probably to play at this level, but he's doing what it takes. And Chad Bailey's been a huge upgrade. Jackson, I think it's number 28. He's one of our cornerbacks. He played well. And they, I noticed him last week too. He seems to be coming into his own. Uh, I don't know. Maybe these guys just needed some time to really figure out the Wilkes defense, but it's whatever they did, they're doing, it's working. Yeah, and, uh, Abrams drain made a couple big plays too. He uh, continues to look good. And, and the offense looked good enough. Bates like did make some plays. And Beatty is had 19 yards in the first half and like 127 in the second or something. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a tale of two halves for sure for for Beatty. But it was Colin. The thing was, it was obvious that they were putting a spy on Beatty. They were committing to the fact that if they were going to get beat, it was going to be somebody besides Tyler Beatty who beat them at least in the first half. I mean, that's that was what they committed to. And it was like Drinkwitz did not see that or didn't couldn't adjust to it in time. Or Connor Bazelak and his lack of mobility meant it didn't matter. I don't know, but we. We couldn't get the offense moving at all. But at the same time, I mean, at one point it was nine to six. It was a defensive battle that nobody picked. You know, this is a Florida team who's given up like over 70 points in its last two games. And- yeah, it was like they were in that first half. They were basically looked like they had a linebacker spying Beatty. And even when the play was obviously not to Beatty or looked to be obviously not to Beatty, that linebacker's obvious assignment was to be with Beatty. Even if he didn't have the ball, even if he wasn't involved, like they had decided that Beatty was the reason that Mizzou could win a game. And uh, they're right about they're, that. They were right. I mean, he is he is definitely the reason we've won most of our games. But they didn't throw a lot. The game plan seemed to look like they didn't have much confidence in Basilak. His mobility was extremely limited. It just I tweeted about it. I was like, is is Drinkwitz pride going to lose us this game? He just refuses to acknowledge what 
is so clearly an injured player. Like I understand that he wants to stick by Bazelak if he was just struggling for the sake of struggling, but he's hurt. I mean, obviously hurt. And it's like, so why are we running him out there? Where's the sense in that? But for all our belly aching about Bazelak, he came through. And uh, he came through in the very last play of the game, which was so important, falling on his ass, completed a pass that had to be completed. No, and he made a few big plays leading up to it in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, the pass he made to Nico Hay was clutch. Kiki Chisholm had a few great catches down the stretch. And Toski Dub played well. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'd been looking to see Toski Dub make some big plays, and he certainly did in this game. And when Basilak was announced before this game started, I think we were both kind of like, yeah, you know, uh, I guess. It shows what yeah. lack of confidence <laughs> Eli must have in his backup quarterbacks, honestly, because he's ride or die with Basilak. You know, that, that's, that much is clear. And they did seem to make adjustments, especially in the first quarter. They seemed to be committed to running laterally, which like, well, Florida's way too fast to do that. You know, they, we weren't getting the corner. They just kept doing it. It was getting frustrating, but they adjusted. I didn't see a lot of that after the first quarter, but Missouri did a better job of figuring things out than and Florida did throughout this game. Well, and that uh, comes down to coaching, and that's part of the bigger story, I guess, of this game is that Dan Mullen was obviously on the hot seat, and uh, we're no fans of Dan Mullen, especially after last year, after the Halloween game when he came out in his Darth Vader outfit and just as an overall horse's ass and one of the worst guys. That- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Nobody likes across the SEC. And uh, obviously, the next day, I think it was this morning, it was announced that Dan Mullen was relieved of his duties as the head coach of the Florida Gators. And so Mizzou can add another uh, scalp to their uh, collection. Yeah, <sighs> shit. It was Brett Bielema, he was basically fired on the 40-yard line, wasn't he, whenever he was let go as Arkansas's coach. And, we, of course, we uh, fired Butch Jones. And I don't look at Derek Mason as Mizzou basically firing him. He was just really bad. But I suppose Mizzou was the last team they played before he was fired. And I think McIlwain was let go of the game right before Missouri, so we can't take credit for that, but certainly. And obviously Dan Mullen has now uh, now been a victim of Missouri. Uh, you call him, here's the thing I like about basically no team in the SEC having any respect for Missouri and continually regarding them as a terrible Vanderbilt team. 
when they do get beat by us, they just, <laughs> the administrations view it as an unforgivable sin. You must be shit canned. And uh, it's especially interesting in Florida where it's happened, you know, we're five and five on the decade. So, so they certainly don't have our number by any means. So why they're so it's shocked, funny too, I don't know. I mean, Mullen has lost some games this season and no doubt Florida fans are within their rights to be upset with him. But his winning percentage is better than both of his, his predecessors. And he just went to the SEC championship game last year. So, you know, good luck to whoever gets that job. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> shit, it's a... Uh, what have you done for me lately business? And it just becomes more so each passing year. But before we move past the game, we should talk about the fourth quarter. And basically, Mevis having an opportunity to win the game from with a 46-yard field goal. And who can fault Drinkwitz for basically playing for the field goal? You know, sure. I mean, they got conservative there because he's like, hey, I got Mevis and he is automatic. And then Mevis missed that 46 yarder. And I thought, oh, man. Yeah, this is the and end. Probably one of the things that got Dan Mullen fired is he's complete like – limber dick in his last possession just like playing for overtime and just tucking tail that was so and strange a, colin when all they needed was a field goal as a well field goal. and then not only that he punted on like fourth and two inches at one point late in the game he did us a lot of favors but anyway so it ends up going to overtime florida immediately scores on a trick play and you know at that point i was getting a little nervous a little nervous. I say a little nervous because Florida really hadn't shown an ability to stop us, especially in the second half very well. And of course, Beatty did what Beatty does. He just basically, on a couple of running plays, pounds it in the end zone. Drinkwitz makes a big decision and he, he goes for two. I was for it. I was like, I'm, I'm always going to be for that. Like, let's end it right now. Like, how long do you want to do this back and forth stuff? Especially given the, given the, the way, you know, Florida had played defense. It's like, we can, we could score here. The chances were good, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And I didn't, think, I didn't fault the decision at all. Had we not gotten the two point conversion, I probably, I, I, I would like to think that I wouldn't have rode at Drinkwood's ass about it. I feel like that's the right play. It is a gutsy move. And I agree with you, Colin, because the way the overtime rules are set up, at some point, you're going to have to do two-point conversions every time. And so, like, why don't you just cut to the chase, especially after Florida had scored and opted for the extra point kick. It's a way to control your own destiny. And if you yeah. believe your offense can make four yards, then why not go for everything? You know, it's just go all in. And it was exactly. a well-drawn play. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it looked like it could have been busted because the guys did get to Basilac so fast, but he made a cool play. And Parker was there wide open because obviously Beatty was used as a decoy and went totally in the other direction, ran right. I don't think he was ever the intended target. I, I know we run a lot of options, but do you think Beatty was the intended target at any point, or do you think it was always well, going the other direction? The, in one of the articles I was reading about it, that that play, the reason they called that play is they had run it basically like that in practice and had the same was the same result and though i think as drawn up parker jr is actually the third read on that but because it had worked so well in practice that it sort of became like hey this was really open in practice so not, to not call it the first read necessarily but definitely knowing it's out there despite it being quote unquote the third read but uh, it worked well i was really worried he's fallen over i'm like oh what is this and he throws up this lollipop and you realize the only guy within 10 feet of the ball is a Mizzou player. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, that was intended. <laughs> what you said there is right. You control your own destiny. Like how long do you want to hand the ball back to somebody else? Here's your opportunity. It's all on you. You want to bet on yourself. You know what I mean? Like this is it. And I like that decision. I don't want to go give it back to their team. I don't want to do this back and forth. We got the ball. It's our game to win or lose. Let's decide our own fate. 
Colin, I think one guy who never gets any, <laughs> no, we never talk about because why, why would you, but has been a really key part of this team, especially when our offense has struggled is Grant McInnes, the, uh, the punter, because we've talked all about, uh, you know, Mevis, the thicker kicker and what a great year he's had, but we're getting some good field position this year because Grant McInnes is a, Solid punter. I mean, I know we're big Fatoni fans this way, but but our special teams has been good. If, if any part of our team, the special teams has been the most consistent, I would say. And I'm forgiving Mevis for that kick. I know it was a big one and it was a big miss. I'm sure that's going to weigh heavily upon him. So I'm really glad we ended up getting the win and it didn't have to haunt him because he's been, like you said, lights out all year long. So. It was a big miss. It was the first big miss, but all kickers are going to have big misses who once in a while. So 46 is no uh, gimme kick anyway. As far as special teams, you know, the return game has been better too, which is something Mizzou suffered like under the Gary Odom years. It really didn't matter who they put back there. You know, there was always a chance of a fumble. There's almost zero chance of a return. I mean, our return game for four or five seasons was just abhorrent, and it's been better. And it only looks to be better with Luther Burden because that's you know one of the things he does. I saw that uh, this weekend he had two uh, returns for a touchdown in the special teams in his high school game. So we got that coming down the pipe too. We just had a tied in commit today. We're back to saying everything's coming up to Rankowitz. Hopefully Florida will kind of fall on its face for a little a couple seasons. You know they're going to be looking for new, a new coach. But anyway, we win this game on a two-coin conversion. It was a really great way to win. It, of course, made Florida fans go ballistic, made for some terrific sour grapes. Yeah, and of and course. They were really sour. <laughs> yeah, it, I was kind of worried that uh, Dan Mullen hate was so high that all the rage would be directed at him. But no, there was plenty of hate left for Missouri. So we're going to have a <laughs> very sweet-tasting sour grapes segment. Colin, the important part about this game, obviously, was that it was win number six on the season and made us bowl eligible in a season that big lengths of this season, we thought that was an impossibility, that three or four wins was the ceiling for this team. After we got beat by Boston College, after we got destroyed and embarrassed by Tennessee, and then after Texas A&M had their way with us, if you'd have told me that we were beating South Carolina and Florida to clinch a six-win season, I would have told you you were nuts, that that could not happen. Well, the way our defense was playing, it really couldn't happen. The defense turned around and then it well, suddenly we are a legitimate football team again. There's also something we should probably talk about that happened after the game. Like everybody knows that after last year, we had a fight in the middle of the field started by the uh, head coach to the Florida Gators. Uh, you know, one of those things that only Dan Mullen would do. Then he proceeded to rev up the crowd as he left at halftime. If you remember last year, mm -hmm. and revved up the crowd as he went into the tunnel as if he hadn't been in the instigator. And then came out a Darth Vader outfit because it was around Halloween for his press conference. So after Drinkowitz was uh, done with his uh, press conference, he got a lot of national attention for putting his hood up and grabbing a lightsaber and saying, may the force be with you as he walked out of his press conference. And of course that got everybody revved up because it was a very obvious thumb in uh, Dan Mullen's eye, mm -hmm. which, which I loved. There's something slightly douchey about it, but you know what? Drinkowitz, Drinkowitz is slightly douchey. Yeah. But, he owns that. He's okay with yeah, it. But you know what? Sometimes that makes me feel better because i mean most of the best coaches you know are not the most likable guys in the world and not that i shouldn't say drink isn't likable but i mean arrogance is sort of a prerequisite for the job you can tell that Drinkwitz has plenty of that well he's the kind of guy who's likable if he's your coach and he's hateable if you're the other guy's coach I yeah that's a, that's a good way to, he's he's fun you love him he reminds you of like of a of a scrappy basketball player <laughs> on your team you know what i mean he's the jason sutherland of head coaches 
Yeah, there you go. You know, congratulations to this football team. Congratulations to Steve Wilkes, who probably saved his job. I mean, yeah, I think we were talking about that before this game and whether Georgia and South Carolina were aberrations or whether they really turned a corner. Apparently, based on this Florida game, they've turned some kind of corner because, I mean, Florida had trouble moving the fucking football. They had trouble scoring points. This defense kept Missouri in the game, and it's unbelievable to even say that because we knew we talked about how undersized we were. And honestly, Colin, you know, the, the people who were defending Steve Wilkes at one point were saying that it's a good scheme. He just doesn't have the guys who can run it. And now we're seeing that apparently these guys are good enough because now that they figured out the scheme, it seems to be working. I mean, I don't know if there's some magical change that took place. So, you know, he's been asked, Drinkwitz and Wilkes have been asked that question in press conferences and they both said, no, 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 we're just practicing better. We were just, you know, everybody's committing to the scheme and everybody's committing to the plan and there's no big changes. I mean, I don't well, know I think if that's I saw true, one of the press box super friends, Brennan, tweet out that like Missouri had three missed tackles yesterday and they had 19 against Tennessee. Yeah. And so something has changed. They were more aggressive in the tackles at the line of scrimmage. Those didn't exist before, but they were plentiful against Florida. If Connor Bazelak, I mean, we got Arkansas next weekend, and I think those guys are looking at us as just like a road bump on the way to an eight-win season. And they may well be right, but we're going to have a month to get healthy before whatever shit bowl game we get assigned. And maybe a healthy Connor Bazelak plays lights out in a bowl game. I don't know. But I think we're, we know that no matter what happens, Bazelak's going to be the scoring quarterback in Arkansas this weekend. So it's one of those things where, you know, some of the things that Drinkwitz does makes you think, well, do you even know what the fuck you're doing? And then things work out really well at the end of the day. And you're like, well, maybe I just need to be more patient, I guess. But I don't know. It's just like, I feel like I'm being patient and just having the second to worst rush defense in the entire nation is bad. But then things get better. It's, I don't know. I, I guess. We really, Brendan, we need to trust the process, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Like Drinkwitz yeah. News, you started Bay's lack and it worked out. You know, we'll never know whether, if some, one of the other quarterbacks would have done better, but, uh, you know, he won the game and he I, continues to recruit well. And he, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, how, at some point we're just going to be like, all right, maybe the guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think that it always was a matter of just like surviving this season because the way things started. And the, the obvious fact that we had guys that weren't the most talented in this conference. And so we saw how he was recruiting and we're just kind of like biding time until those good recruits get here. Because I think everybody knows, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs and things you can't control, but good coaches get good players and great coaches end up getting great players. And he's recruiting what looked to be potential great players. And so obviously we're excited. Arkansas, I think, is a little f- further down the road faster than us. But I think I haven't looked at the line about that one yet, Colin, but I assume we're going to be big underdogs, but we are indisputably going in the right direction. Like this is a team that now you look at the East and we've beaten South Carolina. We've beaten Vanderbilt. We've beaten Florida. We haven't beaten Tennessee or Georgia or Kentucky, but like we're right in the middle of the mix. We are not the worst team in this conference. And we can't, we couldn't say that about three weeks ago. Yeah. You know, something else about Drinkwitz, I don't know if you saw on uh, Twitter, he was Power Mizzou and like Barstool and places like that had in the moment been questioning, like, should you go for two here? I wouldn't go for two here. And Drinkwitz, uh, you know, two hours after the game, he gets a chance to get on his phone, starts responding to those tweets as in, he's just like, I would. You know what I mean? <laughs> and basically trolling the internet, which people are loving too. And so, like I said, he's certainly 
I'll say this. He certainly got more personality than Barry Odom did. And he certainly got more personality than our basketball coach does. And there is an enthusiasm and that comes with that. You know, I just, I've never understood the appeal of a dour, humorless jerk as a coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, now don't get me wrong. It works for Nick Saban. It works well. He, he's, Nick Saban has perfected it. And so has Bill Belichick. But I think because those guys are like the top of the food chain when it comes to coaching, people are trying to emulate them. But at the end of the day, most people don't like a prick. And so I don't understand what the uh, appeal to being one is. But uh, Drinkwitz isn't that. Drinkwitz is a, obviously a pretty fun guy. And if you're a recruit, don't you want to play for that guy? You know, or do you want to play for somebody who's a dour cocksucker? Drinkwitz is bold and brazen in front of the media. He likes the press. He likes getting out in front of them. Now, he likes to control the press. He only wants to give out what information he wants to give out. But I know a lot of the SEC types get so mad at him because Drinkwitz comes in here. He's a nobody. Nobody's ever heard of him. He hasn't done anything. And he's strutting his stuff. And it's like, and and they hate it because, you know, you've got to kiss the ring. You know, this is the SEC. You have to, you know, bow down to your elders here. And Drinkwitz doesn't cotton to that, you know, he just comes in and says, oh, we're going to win. I'm going to have a good time. And this is how it's going to work. And at the end of the day, this is a ridiculous sport. You know, D- Dan Mullen lost his job. We're all laughing at him. He's going to cash in a $12 million fucking buyout. So Dan Mullen is laughing his way to the fucking bank. You know, he can wield all the <laughs> lightsabers he wants. But uh, Dan Mullen's fine with it. I got the feeling that Dan Mullen about three weeks ago decided he was playing for the buyout, not for the Florida Gators anyway. So, you know, it's weird. It's a it's a ridiculous sport. And Drinkwood seems to know that. And he treats it ridiculously. And I like that it ruffles feathers. Uh, there, I noticed there were a lot of people in the SE, in the Twitterverse who weren't familiar with the Dan Mullen, Darth Vader thing because they, you know, don't watch Missouri football. And uh, they saw Drinkwitz pull out the lightsaber and put the hood up, and they had no fucking clue what was going on. They were so confused. Yeah, they just thought, man, he they, they call him Dorkwitz. Man, they're not wrong. I just <laughs> made a Star Wars reference in a, in a post-game news conference apropos of nothing. <laughs> but you know, I'll tell you what it did to the SEC post-game show. Uh, it's all they could talk about. I mean, Missouri mm-hmm. never got so much pub, and he knows how to get Missouri on the TV screen. So that's worth something. Granted, it was a horrible Especially slate of recruiting. games. Exactly. Well, Colin, we got a lot of show ahead of us. Obviously, the fans are excited, so we're going to play your voicemails. Uh, we're going to have sour grapes, the whole lot, and uh, I, we better just get to it. This is the Mazodcast. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Well, Colin, it's time for our market update. Uh, how are things looking in our uh, $500 symbol account? Well, Brendan, I'm going to tell you what. We're up 5.9% since yesterday, but overall we're down $29.91. Apparently, I'm not any better at investing on sports than I am in real life. No, you're just losing money left and right on us. But we do have some win payouts, and that looks like I think we've got $11.30 worth of pay- win payouts. So if we can get some win bonuses to make up for your staggering losses and 
terrible decision-making, then we'll still come out ahead. Thank God the Mizzou keeps winning. I mean, we're getting win bonus after win bonus with them because I think we have the most stock in Mizzou. Of course, if our listeners would like to bet on sports as if it were a financial market rather than just the typical boring spread method, go to symbol.app. It is a gambling exchange where you can buy stock in your favorite team. And while the stock value may go up or down, hopefully up, unlike the stock market, you get a bonus every time your team wins. In college basketball, it's 10 cents per win. NBA, the same. College football is a 50-cent win bonus for each and every win for every stock you own. Hang on to it long enough, and you're bound to come out ahead. And on top of that, if you make a deposit now, use the promo code M-I-Z-Z-O-U. They're going to spot you $500 that you can play around on the market with. That's free money, folks. Symbol.app. We are back, and I'm pretty excited to hear the voicemails this week because uh, they've been getting more and more upbeat. It just had been a drumbeat of bitching and moaning. Well, considering how Bazelak was playing early on in this game, I'm imagining the tone of these is going to be a uh, bit of a wild ride. Yeah, <laughs> ups and downs. Let's get into the Mazadcast mailbag now. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Good morning, Mazodcast. Uh, I just wanted to tell you all how much I hate Dan Mullen and how much I want him to lose today. And that was basically it. Oh, and uh, I appreciate Carolina Jackpot's takes on here. And hope you all have a good day. So, and in the words of Phil, go fuck yourselves. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much. I like how our super fans are now, you know, influencing the way people are calling the show. Interactive. What's up, fuckers? It's Carolina Jackpot. First quarter. <laughs> Three nothing Florida. I want to publicly apologize last week for my outburst and calling Eli Drinkwitz a uh, fat Jeffrey Dahmer with glasses. I really didn't mean that. Hey, hopefully though today you folks can send the uh, well dressed Al Bundy to uh, <laughs> the pink slip line because that's where he belongs. But just beware today after you beat him. The excuses are going to rain down. A fourth of the team will have had the flu. A fourth of it will have had lupus. One fourth of it will have had AIDS. And one fourth of it will have become afflicted with polio. Oh, and guess what? Everybody else, they didn't want to be there. <laughs> M-I-Z-Z-O, me and you. Yeah, Dan Mullen loves his excuses. He ran out, though. There's really no excuse for sucking that badly. Well, it's good to see our defense got their head out of their ass. Unfortunately, our offense stuck their head up their ass, M-I-Z. It's kind of analysis you only get on the Mazodcast. That's true. Drink with, for the love of fucking God, take base like out of the game. I cannot watch this fucking hot garbage anymore. Hot, hot garbage. This dude is so fucking bad. I cannot remember the last time I saw a quarterback as bad as Bay Black right now. This is just, this is just, they work. This is the fucking worst. Put Cook in, put Macon in. Put the fucking emergency quarterback in. Put anybody fucking in better than this guy. This guy's fucking awful. I cannot take this anymore. Hobo come. Hobo come. 
hot garbage. Hot, hot, hot garbage. garbage. <laughs> well, Nevis just scored a uh, kick to field goal, tied it up at six. If we didn't have him, we'd have no points at all. It's crazy. This Florida team, we we could actually beat them, but you know they have to actually score points first to in order for that to happen. Zoo life. It might be Z O U. Holy fucking shit. Ooh, it's a lady. There's two seconds left before the half, and Dan fucking Mullen, the biggest piece of shit, decides, <laughs> let's throw the ball. And they almost fucking score with a gaping homo-com asshole the size of Texas. Homo-com. What the hell? <laughs> what is going on? Stop running, baby. Clearly, they've already targeted him a million times, and they already know what he's going to do, so they need to throw the freaking ball and catch the fucking ball already. This is ridiculous. And I didn't I- know Taylor Swift was a Mazodcast fan. <laughs> Taylor Swift, you think? Either that or Grace Kelly. <laughs> because of the class. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lady. I love it. What's up, you fucking idiots? What a game this has been, huh? Didn't uh, think it'd go this fucking way. Uh, we need to extend that fucking defensive coordinator we got. I have uh, never said a bad word about him. Always loved him. <laughs> Often, Me too. So what the fuck, Eli? Bedazzled sack looks more like a fucking sack of shit. But uh, whatever. A lot of game left. Go fuck yourselves. And uh, since we won't be able to call on Thanksgiving, happy fucking Thanksgiving, you fucking douchebags. Anyway, M-I-Z, get the win. Love you, bye. <laughs> Love you, Phil. Happy holidays to Phil. Hey, I think... Oh, hey, well, this is Darnell in Athens. Let me start with that. Uh, hey, I think Drinkowitz is pulling a Barry Odom right now and doing well at the end of the season, which kind of sucks if he does that every year. But, I mean, it's great to win when you think you suck. And another thing that's great about that is every team thinks they can beat you. So you whoop their ass, and it's extra insulting. And that's what Florida needs is to just be insulted. I remember last year, Dan Mullen trying to start a riot in the stadium, like the asshole that he is. Uh, he deserves this loss. So please beat them and make me money. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Uh, hi, it's me. I am the president of the Connor Basilac fan club. It's halftime, and I'm resigning from my post. I quit. <laughs> um, I've been saying all year that someone, you know, Freddie Cook or Tyler Macon has to take the job and, and out-earn him, out-earn it from him, and that's no longer the case. He just is not good enough to be the quarterback, and I quit. We are taking nominations to backfill this role, but I am no longer the president of the Connor Basilac fan club. Thank you. It's the great resignation this year, Colin. Another one yeah, bites the right. dust, yeah. That's right. It's 12 minutes left to go in the third, and there's no fucking way that this is a new opinion or will even be original for these voicemails. But what the fuck is the dazzle sack still doing in there? Like what I, I, I what it, it, no, this makes zero sense. I, 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 I <laughs> Eloquent. Yeah. Coach doesn't want to win this game. And yeah, I don't know what else. It just sucks. Hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. Hobo cum. Hobo cum. All that good stuff. <laughs> All that stuff. All that stuff. Hi, fucking Houston Tiger here. Jesus fucking Christ. Connor Bazelak. 
How shit do you want to be? What the fuck has he got on drink with to put this little prick in? And yeah, why don't we go for the logic? Why don't we ride and run Tyler Bailey all the way up at three fucking quarters and he's blocked all of the fucking time? Oh, lucky actually, that's not quite true. He just went for a big game. But I mean, it was just, it's just been fucking tragic. Bay's lack has been overthrown and been more miscued than a drunk pool game. This has been Hobo Come. Hobo Come. Dead giraffe jizz and fucking hot dog water. Hot dog water. All right. Dead giraffe love, you all cunts. Bye. <laughs> okay, I'm about to go dinner with a to dinner with a bunch of family. Oh, drunk as fuck. I'm about to go to dinner with a bunch of family. This is Darnell and Athens, so I'm not going to be able to call. You think this guy's going to go to like, dinner with his family? Twenty updates that you guys <laughs> as to how excited I am. Uh, y'all just scored a touchdown on Florida. Oh my goodness, dude! Florida sucks. Dan Mullen is a clown. Dan Mullen is an absolute asshat. He can't recruit worth a damn, and that is his downfall. He's going down this season. There's going to be a different coach at Florida next season. Um, I'm super excited, man. Also, um, yeah, of course, I've got money on this game. Oh, my God. Please give me money. I'm so greedy. MIT. Mizzou uh, beat the spread again, making a habit of it now after starting the season 0-8 versus the spread. Well, honestly, you know, I thought there's a pretty good chance Mizzou could win this game. And I certainly was, I mean, I feel like if you're a smart, bit, you know, smart gambler, you should have bet this one. I mean, I don't. Eight points is a shitload of points for a team like Florida that's been playing so badly. <laughs> Fuck Dan Mullen. Fuck the Gators. Fuck everybody. Fuck those Florida George cunts. Fuck them all. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck them all. <laughs> Nobody can call someone a cunt like an Englishman. Cunt, 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 cunt. That's right. Hey, special way with that word. West Coast Mizzou fan again. I wonder if Dan Mullen had already updated his resume by the time he walked off the field. Just like a running tally in his head, exactly what we needed to do. Also, remember a few weeks ago when Florida almost beat Alabama and looked amazing in the first two weeks and they just completely fell apart? I'll tell you this much. Beating Tennessee when we do it is great, but there's something for me about beating Florida that's just so sweet. Having served in the military, knowing a bunch of Florida fans, beating them, always wonderful. M-I-Z-O-U. <laughs> yeah, it is nice to beat Florida. Mizzou does it quite a bit. I think we're 5-5 five and five in the last 10 years. Eli, drink with you, son of a bitch. Your balls are a lot bigger than I thought that they were. My wife made me stop drinking whiskey last year, so I guess she's getting the seltzer dick tonight. Been nice <laughs> knowing you, Dan Mullen. You're going to be an assistant for Alabama next year. Yeah, that's amazing. M-I-Z. I wonder how drunk these calls are going to get as they uh, as they roar on. Eli Drinkwitz just put his nuts on the table and said, fucking bring it, because we're going to the fucking Leon! Fuck you, Florida! Shut this guy to death! We're going to bring him up for that! That's what we're expecting. That's what we're looking for. That's right. That's, uh, that's what they would call a quality call. I don't even know what to fucking say. God damn it. Drink had a horrible game, horrible decision to go for two, and we got it! Let's go, M-I-C. <laughs> it's, it's trending in the right direction here, Colin. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up, gang? Oh, woo! I, I, I'm glad to see y'all win this game today. And over time, I love to see it. I love to see the, the damn, um, honestly, I, I'm going to sit here and tell you, I don't know how the fuck y'all won the damn game. But over time, the South Carolina game was going on at, at the same time as yours, so but guess what? I, I guess I should have damn been watching yours. Because we're losing 14 to nothing. It'll be all right. Fucking first quarter, and y'all fucking won. 
and overtime. God damn, Connor Bazelak, big old fucking Johnson that he could fire towards Jupiter and pull three times, boom, 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 and send some shots towards fucking Mars. I love it. I'm glad that y'all beat Dan Mullen's fucking ass. Send that fucking Al Bundy goofy ass, son of a bitch, mush mouth. Can't put it two words together to make a damn son of a bitch back home. Where he needs to be, come soon. <laughs> Boy, I've been sitting on fucking Steve Wilkes all fucking season, and he turned this shit around. Can we talk about that? This shit has been impressive. Uh, drink. Leaves a lot to be desired with the play calling. Tyler Beatty, I love you. Good fucking win. Fuck Florida. Fuck Dan Mullen. M-I-V, baby. Say what you want about Drinka with corn silk hair, his beautiful glasses, and beaver-like front teeth. Well, he comes with a massive dick, too. <laughs> Fuck you, Gators. <laughs> yep, you can see the corn silk hair and the glasses at the podium, but you can't see that giant Johnson. You know, Connor was taking a lot of heat on Twitter throughout that whole game. And to be honest, he kind of deserved some of it. But at the end of that game, he had massive fucking balls. That's Connor bedazzled sack to everybody else. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. I took my 10-year-old and my 4-year-old boys to the Mizzou game today. What an exciting time. That was such a blast. Was spending time with my kids. Program building win for Mizzou over Florida right there. And, boys, Dan Mullen is what? Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> M-I-Z, boys. Let's <laughs> <laughs> the kids involved. That's great. That's, a, that's parenting. You know what? I'll fucking take that. There are so many bad decisions in that game, and if we still get a W out of it, fuck it. I will take that. And someone called the dude and Walter, because we're going bowling. M-I-Z. <laughs> Z-O-U. Lebowski reference. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, hi, it's me. Uh, I will take the job as the president of the Connor Bazelak fan club back for at least <laughs> one more week. Homocom. Homocom. <laughs> <laughs> Sean in Kansas City, boys. This isn't going to be popular, but I actually, like, I, during the game, I hated drink keeping Basilek in just like every other goddamn Mizzou fan did. But I actually kind of respect it now. I think he just knows that Basilek understands his offense better than the other two quarterbacks. It's not about physical talent. It's about understanding all of his little trick plays and, you know, all that kind of bullshit. I mean, also, brass balls on drink for that two-point thing. I think we all knew he was going to do it. But like, whew, like, like, yeah, goddamn, fucking love this team, love their fight, and also low key, Wilkes has turned out to not be an absolute piece of shit defensive coordinator. I'm excited to see what the future holds when he gets even better recruits in. Let's fucking go, boys. We're going bowling. M I Z. Yeah, I think it's pretty. It's a foregone conclusion. I think Wilkes saved his job for sure, don't you? Yeah, unless the, I, you know, barring some colossal disaster against Arkansas, and I mean, even a disaster against Arkansas, there's probably things you know everybody's going to expect us to get our shit kicked in by Arkansas the way they're playing right now, anyway. So uh, I don't know. At this point, I think Wilkes has saved his job. There's probably not much to, that's going to change that at this point. Well, I think uh, Drinkwitz is, you know, it's humiliating for him to. Uh, to fire a second defensive coordinator in as many years. So he's looking for a reason not to have to let him go. And 
you know, I think at one point it was just he, we knew he wouldn't be there. I think we said, oh, well, Wilkes won't be your defensive coordinator next year. But uh, I think we're wrong. He will be. What's up, you fucking idiot? God damn, it's always awesome waking up after beating fucking Florida and watching Dan Mullen walk off the fucking field like a baby back bitch. Fuck him. <laughs> I'd like to ask him to uh, suck my nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's fucking do it. Go fuck yourselves, M-I-Z. Love you, bye. Z-O-U, Phil. <laughs> Colin, just a little update. I think there's about three and a half minutes left in the uh, basketball game, and Missouri has uh, carved the lead, SMU's lead down to five points. So who knows? Maybe they're going to – it's a 57-52, 3-36 to play. Uh, Missouri's been trailing most of this game, and so I don't even know. If well, apparently we have a contract that says we're not allowed to fire our coach. So, what difference does it make? You know, goddamn, who? What kind of contract is that? I just don't understand how you can. Is there no? There's no clause for gross incompetence in the contract. Well, I mean, yeah, they can't fire him until May, and that is after most of the hiring has been done in the college coaching carousel. But there's no rule that says you can't fire him after May, and then just. You know, the new coach is going to have to come in and get acting fast, you know, because he's going to be behind the eight ball. But depending on how the season goes, the administration may decide that that's worth doing. I don't think it's going to happen. I just it's so late in the year. I think they're going to let him have another year. We're going to have another year of this. I mean, we're only three games in. I mean, everybody's like, oh, you guys are so It's like, what are you seeing out there right now that making you believe in this basketball team? Holy cow. What a disaster. (laughs) This is just a boot. Cocky of Hobo Come. Hobo Come. This is Dirty Mike and the Boys, Brendan. <laughs> it sure is. After an exciting win like we had on Saturday, it's not just fun to hear Mizzou fans celebrate. It's also fun to hear Florida fans whine and cry. And it's time once again for Sour Grapes. What you got there, Sour Grapes? You got a grip of Sour Grapes. Oh, them Sour Grapes. You brought them Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes. And uh, I feel like our good friend Jay Bryan probably was been on the case digging up sour grapes for us. Yeah, shout come? out uh, immediately after the game was over. The uh, <laughs> our intrepid uh, sour grapes uh, hunter Jay Bryan was on it, and the uh, and the DMs began to. Light up. So let's get right into this. Luke O at Rams to the States put, laugh my ass off, Mizzou so trash, man, I can't. Sour grapes. What do we can't do? Can't watch like, Florida win. his wife. <laughs> We're both right. Nordy at Nordoff wrote, Missouri is so fucking trash, but Dan only has six points on him. Sour and- grapes. And then there was a little laughing emoji there because <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. Wait till the end. Matt B. Davis, fourteen seventy wrote, fuck, I hate Mizzou so much. Sour grapes. I feel like this is one of those tweets that really lets you know you're doing well. It's like playing in a card game and somebody's like, you motherfucker, or being on a golf course and somebody call you a motherfucker. Those are pretty good. That's a pretty good sign under those circumstances. The worst is apathy, you know, and if they don't yeah. feel anything for you, that's bad. At Stay Lowell, about to take the Go Gators out my bio. What the actual fuck? I go take a shower and y'all lose to fucking Missouri? Sour grapes. Yes, they did. That's exactly what happened. That guy's fault for taking a shower. Yeah. Well, it only takes two a year, and I don't know why he chose the Florida game to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Tanner at Tanner69046 wrote, Why'd Mizzou go for it? 
Fuck you, Mizzou. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Sour grapes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck us indeed. Uh, feels good. That tastes really yeah. sweet. Trent, somebody wrote, Missouri, fucking Missouri. <laughs> and I, I'm reading that as a question because I know that's what he meant, but he didn't use a single question mark. No. But he is from Florida. Yeah. No, I think if you're expecting uh, proper punctuation with Florida tweets, you're really barking up the wrong tree, Colin. Mama's. One fan wrote, we just lost to fucking Missouri. I am done for this season. This is too much on my heart. Sour grapes. It's bizarre to me, Colin, how many Florida fans had this sentiment of, uh, you know, I can't believe we just lost to Missouri of all people. And like I said, we've beaten them five out of the last 10 years, you know. So at some point, you'd think it would stop becoming so implausible in their mind. Well, I think you're underestimating how much crack they smoke. Colin, Tim A. Humphrey Bookett says, these Mizzou fans are sad, to be honest. Their coach talks like an idiot and is six and five, and they think it's a win just because they beat us. Sour grapes. <laughs> that's right. Because we beat you, we do think that's a win. That almost is the very definition of a win, as a matter of fact. Imagine anybody whose team is coached by Dan Mullen accusing another coach of saying something stupid. Yeah, that's, that's, it is rich. Nathan Rutherford wrote, I hate you, Missouri. Sour grapes. He should hate us. He should hate us because we just ripped his team's heart out and took a dump in the hole that we left in his chest. (laughs) Colin, Dr. Dank McCoy says he beat the worst UF team since 92, and it was still his Super Bowl. We lost tonight, but at least we aren't Missouri all the time. (laughs) Sour grapes. This is the old, you know, it's my favorite excuse. classic. Which is, you only won because we're terrible, which is, you know, the point. Yes, you are terrible. We agree with you. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to argue. It's a it's a self own. It's a stupid argument, and it always pops up amongst stupid people. At Clay Dobbs wrote, "Y'all better not send me an email asking to buy a goddamn thing. This shit's embarrassing." That was addressed to the uh, Florida Gators program. I guess he's saying, uh, "Don't ask him for uh, any money and donations to the university if you're going to lose to Mizzou." Sour grapes. They're going to need that money. They got a twelve million dollar buyout to pay for. Yeah, uh, this guy looks like he can afford about seven bucks, so I don't think that's going to help much. Tonino wrote, embarrassed to be a fan of this team. Sour grapes. As well, you should be. Yep. Even in their good years, you should be embarrassed to root Florida. Anyway, moving on. Sports Cards Florida wrote, absolutely embarrassing. Sour grapes. It's true. They've been embarrassed a lot by us. They sure have. Colin Palmetto on Peachtree says, Chiefs suck, and if Mizzou left the SEC tomorrow, no one would notice. Congratulations on catching up in the series against a shit-must-champ team and squeaking it out this year. It'll be your last win for a long, long time. Sour grapes. Yeah, nothing makes a team dominant like firing their coach before the season's over and having to hire a new one. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you're on the up and up. Steve Herman wrote, don't worry, Gators, we got your back. We'll take care of him. And he, uh, this is an Arkansas fan talking shit. I guess Sour grapes. the um, evil teams align, you know, Florida and yeah. Arkansas, two unlovable pieces of shit. They're going to yeah. join forces to take us down. Yeah. Two programs that endorse pedophilia. They, they, they don't like Missouri. Yeah. So anyway, uh, disrespectful to the game. And yes, his family. 
And this was in response to uh, Drinkowitz uh, coming out with a lightsaber and uh, pulling up his hood and saying, may the force be with you. It's disrespectful to the game, Brennan, because yeah. everybody knows how much respect we need to place on football, a, a sport where people routinely get kicked out of the, playing it for, you know, raping people and stealing and and uh, all sorts of ornery stuff. Coaches sleeping with volleyball players and wrecking motorcycles. I mean, it's a really upscale thing. And you know, we want to be disrespectful to the game. Yeah, there's And a- then obviously... Taking the lightsaber to a press conference is very disrespectful to his family, who is, as you know, Ewoks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a bridge too far. Yeah, I always like it when the fake outrage pearl clutchers come out after a game. <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah, I think Missouri tied this thing up. It's going into overtime with SMU. But before That'll we get make to, people feel better. Yeah. <laughs> before we get to that, Colin, Tampa, Illinois fan says Florida just lost to Mizzou. Officially time to fire Mullen. Just can't lose to the trashiest program in the SEC. Sour grapes. Listen, that's just nonsense. I mean, we are not, we're talking about the SEC. I mean, these, we're talking about the South. Missouri is definitely not the trashiest program. Well, I'm not saying that some of those programs aren't better than our program as far as winning football games, but I mean, if you're going to use trashy as the barometer. Yeah, I mean, have you been to Baton Rouge? (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) No, I mean, Tennessee exists, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, have you ever been to Mississippi? Let's see here. Uh, Andrew Monteague wrote, Florida really lost to Mizzou, dot, dot, dot. Wow. Sour grapes. Really shouldn't be surprised at this point. You guys just got housed by South Carolina. And uh, snuck one out against Sanford. And Brendan, you had actually shown me something. Uh, Neil W. Black, and uh, he's got a blue check mark. Uh, I don't, in Florida, I think all you got to do is be able to suck your own dick to get one of those. But apparently he's had a couple ribs removed. But Missouri's head coach, Eli Drinkwitz, went to SEC Media Days with savage quips and talking a lot of trash. That's fun, but if you're going to project Spurrier swagger, you better win games. Otherwise, you're a sideshow. Embarrassing year for Drinkwitz and the Tigers so far. Salad grapes. Not as embarrassing now. Yeah, I think that was from October. Yeah, it was. It was from October, and now we're... And he's just getting, of course, getting drummed now, you know, because we were embarrassing, but we just beat his team. That's right. Swampy T wrote, Ha ha, celebrate the win and smoke some more crap. Because if you truly think Mizzou is a better program, you're on something. Thanks for helping us, Can Mullen. Salad grapes. I don't know. We're 500 since we joined the SEC against you. I guess we're as good a program. In the last 10 years, anyway. At least in the time we've been in the conference. You're, and I think we lead no the better. all-time like six to five, Brennan, So We do. When Speaking of Spurrier, um, you know, Spurrier-type quips. We beat Spurrier. Uh, I think it was the Gator Bowl in 1968. And then I think we have five more wins against them since then. So, Florida, we ain't scared of you. Yeah. Well, Brennan, that, that wraps it up. A lot of the uh, a lot of the same sentiment over and over again. They're not good, so we shouldn't be happy that we beat them. But uh, I got news for Florida. They haven't been good a lot. They're kind of making it their thing. I mean, just think about it. They hadn't had the Tebow years. <laughs> I know. I know. Kyle Trask couldn't get him to the promised land. Southwest! Well, it has been fun to sit and talk about Mizzou walloping Florida and then just rolling in it all night long, Colin. But there was other football that needed to be played, so why don't we get into Around the Horn with the SEC? We we break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And Colin, would you boot up the old Paul Feinbot? You know I will. 
Alabama. Alabama. Nick Saban. Paul, thanks for joining. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. I'm going to go through these fast because there was a terrible slate of games this week. Georgia took on Charleston Southern, the number one Bulldogs, pulled off the easy win 56-7 to to no one's surprise. Texas A&M took on Prairie View and uh, again, 52-3 to in this one, keeping the trend going. Mississippi State took on Tennessee State. That one was 55-10. to Everybody's just playing shitty teams and putting up 50 burgers. Kentucky as well played New Mexico State, who just got drummed by Alabama last week. Kentucky does it to them as well, 56-16. And then finally, we're getting into some of our conference play. Arkansas took on Alabama. It was a late game. And this one didn't go as I figured, and it kind of is scary for next week for Mizzou fans. Alabama beat Arkansas, but 42-35. to Alabama. Yeah, I'm hoping that like Arkansas sort of giving their all to Alabama will, you know, they'll have a big letdown next week. But if the same Arkansas team shows up next week that showed up to uh, Bryant Denny Stadium yesterday, uh, we may have a long day on our hands. Yeah, that's right. But you know what? There's another team that played pretty well against Alabama and then shit the bed against us, and they were called the Florida Gators. So who knows? (laughs) That's true. That is true. But uh, Florida's been on a downward spiral since then. Arkansas seems to be trending up. Another big game was South Carolina taking on Auburn at home. Auburn had been struggling. Bo Nix was not available to play. And South Carolina, though they went down early, Carolina Jackpot mentioned, Pulled off the big win. Shane Beamer gets his sixth win on the season and is taking the Gamecocks bowling. He's excited. Gamecock fans are excited, and they think that they're, uh, they've are they got themselves a good coach now. I, I mean, hey, he's having more success with South Carolina than anybody else You know, seems to be had right away. I mean, he's a much better hire than Muschamp. We could have told you that when they hired Muschamp, but yeah, I mean. In fact, I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> South Carolina and Mizzou are in similar situations. I think Missouri, Eat Drinkwitz was here last year, but it was the COVID short shortened year and so this is in a lot of ways year one for them they're kind of on the same platform right now i think that uh, they're heading in the right direction but mizzou's recruiting class currently is better than south carolina's and we beat them head to head this year so maybe we have the slight advantage over the gamecocks Ole miss took on vanderbilt this was not the blowout i expected vanderbilt hung around in this one 31 17 Ole miss gets their ninth win on the year and then tennessee Played South Alabama and won 60-14 to in a late cupcake. So LSU took on UL Monroe at home and won 27-14. You're not impressed by that outcome, Colin? Not really. Um, LSU is um, – there's there's a lot of rumors flying around. They're ready to crack the piggy bank. They, are, they do not want to be this. Five and six is not what LSU wants to be, and they're willing to do whatever it takes not to be that. Seems like Lane Kiffin gets mentioned for every single coaching opening anywhere south of the Mason-Dixon, like Miami, places that haven't even fired their coach yet. They're talking about hiring (laughs) Lane Kiffin. But moving to next week, Colin's rivalry week. And speaking of Lane Kiffin, the Egg Bowl should be one for the ages. Ole Miss is, like I said, 9-2, and number 12 in the country. And Mississippi State has been having quite a little run of late. They're ranked 25th in the country now, sitting at 7-4, and four, and I think they might match up well against Ole Miss. This could be a really good game. Mississippi State is favored by one point. They're the home team this weekend, so basically a pick em. Oh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, uh, Ole Miss didn't look great this, this week, and Mississippi State seems to be getting, you know, building momentum. I'm going to go with the 
I'm going to go with state. Well, you know, I'm contractually obligated. I can't do that. Part of my vows where I have nothing at yard. That's right. That's right. It's part of the marriage vows that I could never pick against Ole Miss. You don't lose money betting on Lane Kiffin's side. The guy finds ways to win. Uh, I'm going to take Ole Miss uh, plus the point. Paul, who have you got in this one? Ole Miss. I think he likes Lane secretly. He is beloved. He is a likable person. Georgia is taking on Georgia Tech. Some years this is a fun game. This year won't be one of those years. <laughs> Number one, Georgia's eleven and zero. Georgia Tech is mired in at three and eight on the year. Uh, it's the eleven o'clock game on ABC. Georgia is favored by thirty-five points. Georgia, it's a laugher. That's a safe bet. Florida, Florida State, two dog teams. Teams in Florida aren't looking so good this year. Florida State's five and six. Florida's five and six. Another 11 o'clock game. Florida's a two point favorite in this one. It is at home for them in Gainesville. You think the Gators can beat uh, Florida State? If they can't, they're uh, they're done for the year. Well, Florida State's not very good, so they could, but they they seem to have given up. And I can't imagine losing to Mizzou in that fashion is going to help. Yeah, nobody knows who's going to be on the sidelines for this game, but somehow they're going to soldier on. Paul, who do you like? Florida. And, of course, it wouldn't be rivalry week without the Iron Bowl. Auburn's the host this year. Number two, Alabama's 10-1. and one. Auburn just coming off of that loss to South Carolina, 6-5. and five. The Tide are 19.5-point favorites. It's the 230 CBS game. What do you think? I mean, the Tide, obviously, now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, what are we talking about here? Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Auburn's circling the drain. Bo Nix isn't healthy. There's no chance. It's going to be a boring Iron Bowl. Agreed. Speaking of boring, Tennessee's taking on Vanderbilt at Tennessee. They're 31-point favorites. Obviously, I think Tennessee has got this one. Yeah, Tennessee's playing well, and uh, I don't see foresee them having any trouble there. As bad as they beat us, Colin, they're only 6-5, and five, sharing the same record we have this year. Tennessee. You bet, Paul. Okay, number 16, Texas A&M is 8-3 and three on the year. They're taking on LSU in Baton Rouge, sitting at, like as you said, Colin, 5-6. and six. 6 p.m. game on ESPN. A&M is favored by 6.5 on the road. I'd take that. I, I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. I'd go with that. Texas A&M. And then Kentucky is going to Louisville. Uh, Kentucky's eight and three as well. They're no longer ranked, but uh, Louisville is six and five. Louisville's the two and a half point favorite at home. I kind of like Kentucky in this one. That looks like a very bettable game to me. Yes, it is. Let's make a little money, people. Kentucky. And then South Carolina is going to try to uh, extend its season, get that seventh win against a down Clemson squad. Clemson's still eight and three on the year, and they're eleven and a half point favorites in this one. It is at South Carolina. South Carolina for beating Florida, beating Auburn. I don't know. I just still think Clemson's going to win this. I'd pick Clemson, but I also wouldn't want to bet this game because Clemson hasn't been good. That's true. Paul, who you got? South Carolina. Talk about a guy who is loyal to the conference. Mm-hmm. And that'll wrap up the whole regular season, Colin. That uh, it's I can't believe it's already here, but uh, we'll find out where everybody's going to land, who's going to be in the college football playoff, and where Mizzou is going to go bowling after this weekend's over. It seems like the season's gone fast. It's, uh, and it's almost over. We got one game left. It would certainly be nice to keep Arkansas from being able to take that trophy. I mean, it's uh, the Arkansas had a good season, and they've uh, got the train on the tracks. Their quarterback seems good. They seem like a physical football team. But you know what? Mizzou's a different team right now, and uh, their defense is playing well. I could definitely see a 12- or 13-point line for this game. But if it is like that, I'd say take it because I think Mizzou's going to have Arkansas all they want. I, I don't know why I feel that way. I guess mean, it's just two, two wins with a, with a better defense. I mean, it, uh, is, is the 
reason, but I mean, you just can't argue with results and they're, they're putting pressure on the quarterback. Their, their secondary is good. I think the linebackers are playing better. Chad Bailey's been a revelation. I mean, bring it Arkansas. I'll also say this, Colin. I think that Drinkwitz is well aware that Barry Odom is on the other side of that sideline and he wants to beat Barry Odom, his predecessor badly. And I think he's, it's the last game of the regular season. I think he's going to throw everything he's got at this game. I mean, as bad as our offense is playing as stale as they've been at times, I think if he's got some tricks and some shit that can work against Arkansas, we will see it. You know, this is Beatty's last game. It'd be nice to see him go off and, uh, you know, good news for uh, listeners who uh, enjoyed the Barry Odom years, you know, we're, we're going to have a midweek show, and I'm sure we're going to have to interview Barry Odom. He's been calling, yeah, Colin. He's give, been Give him a ring. Has he? Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he's left a lot of voicemails. He's ready for this game. I mean, I told him that we'd give him an interview when we played Arkansas when it was appropriate. He's been wanting to call like all year long, though. This wasn't like, you know, relevant to the show. Well, the stuff he wants to talk about. I mean, this is, you know, supposed to be a college football program, and he that seems to be one of his least favorite interests. Yeah, he's like, let's talk about hunting dogs, <laughs> soccer, <laughs> drinking stag beer. And Favorite hot pockets. Exactly. Well, Colin, one thing we do before Arkansas is instead of having our normal round of Kansas news, you can't forget that Arkansas is a really fucked up state, too, and they're a bunch of fucking hicks, and they're an embarrassing place and uh, one of the worst in the country. So it's time to do Arkansas news. Flyers are doing three kinds of suns. Arkansas. Sunshine. Sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Arkansas News. All right, Colin, first story. Fired Pine Bluff, Arkansas police officer apologizes during hearing for lewd acts at a casino. Christopher Sweeney apologized for lewd conduct at a casino that led to his firing as a Pine Bluff police detective during a 51-minute appeal during the city council chamber meeting on Friday. Seeking reinstatement, Sweeney testified before a panel saying his actions at the Saracen Casino while off-duty don't rise to the level of his dismissal. Sweeney admitted to pulling down a female bartender's blouse and licking her breasts but denied having sex with her in a men's bathroom. Allegations Sweeney said security <laughs> like guards made. I feel like having sex with her in the bathroom is probably, I mean, at least from a certain standpoint, better than pulling down her top in public and licking her tits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at least at least they went to the privacy of the bathroom to fuck. I like that his argument to the panel is basically like, yeah, it wasn't great, but I mean, that's not <laughs> yeah. so bad to fire me. I mean, who hasn't licked yeah. a titty and ripped down a shirt? It's like I got my dick out and shook it in people's faces. Or at least that you know about. <laughs> That's right. That would be over the line. <laughs> yeah. Sweeney said, I just want to apologize for my actions. I know they were wrong. I just was having a good time, enjoying myself, drinking, and something happened that shouldn't have happened. I take full responsibility. I was crushing hot gas in the bathroom, so sue me. <laughs> I take full responsibility for what happened. My sincere apologies for what happened. For my discipline, for being terminated, to me, that was extreme. I feel like this crime didn't fit the punishment. And all I want is a decision that is fair. Which is, means I get my job back and I can keep pounding vag in bathrooms. <laughs> I think he was probably like, hey, look. Yeah. Did I pull down her blast and lick her tits? Sure. How about this? Just to be fair, she can pull down my pants and lick my sack. And then we call it even. Honestly, I sort of sympathize with this guy. I'd be like, are we in Arkansas or not? Yeah. <laughs> just licking a girl's tit in public around here and get you fired. Yeah. This, that's part of my interview before. <laughs> yeah. 
An Arkansas man who fled from police is arrested after he made a t-shirt mocking crime. Pottsville police are thanking Donald Cooper for helping solve a case where he evaded arrest after he made a t-shirt mocking the crime. He made a t-shirt showing a flyer from police asking for more information on solving the case that he was involved in. Pottsville police were able to recover a stolen motorcycle only after the armed suspect was able to run across Interstate 40 and into the woods, fleeing from police. Sometimes it's best to keep your accomplishments to yourself and not brag about them or try to make your own merchandise about the incident, the department said in a post. In a photo attached to the post, there was a black t-shirt with an update that states that more information is needed on a criminal mastermind, along with a photo of the motorcycle Cooper reportedly stole the day he ran from police. This is why family is important, because when I ran over that homeless guy with my car, you told me not to get a t-shirt made that said I did it if I didn't want to get caught. Yeah, you know, and I've been telling you not to talk about it on the podcast, too, but say la vie. (laughs) Well, Brennan, I can't do everything you tell me to do. Yeah, I guess I could edit it out. Pottsville police thanked Cooper for his help in solving the case and put this quote-unquote master criminal behind bars. Thank God he made a t-shirt. Arkansas man found guilty of performing a lewd act while half-naked on side of highway. Is that even news in Arkansas? (laughs) true. It's just part for the course. An Arkansas man's facing nearly five years in prison after he was convicted of performing a obscene act while being half naked on the side of the highway. What half, five I years? wonder? Damn. What half was naked? Yeah. That's fairly That's important as work. far as I'm concerned. The upper half yeah, is way different than the bottom half. The bottom yeah. half is where all the stuff is. Yeah, that's where that's where his dork's at. It's uh it's it's one of those weird things. It's like, man, that seems like a really rough crime, especially for Arkansas, but you always have to remember that these uh sort of backwater states always have sort of these really strange puritanical laws on the book. So it's uh it's like showing your dick in public, five years in prison. <laughs> and you can't buy ice the same place you buy your booze. Yeah, for some reason. If you can buy it at all. A citizen reported to the police that he saw a man near a nature center in Arkansas sitting on a tailgate in his park truck facing traffic with no pants on, engaging in a lewd act. I think we all yeah, know what jacked. he was doing. It. Yeah, he was he's jacking it. No mystery there. You can say engaging in a lewd act, but we all know what that means. Yeah, that's right. He's jacking it, Brendan. He makes a bald man cry. <laughs> he's tugging his dork. That's right. When police arrived, Darby was nude from the waist down. Darby claimed to the police he had been jogging and fell and his shorts were wet and dirty and he stopped in the park to put on different pants, you know, and while you're at it, maybe stroke your dork. Just tug one out real quick. Uh, Where's the crime in that? (laughs) It's a victimless crime if you ask me. That's right. Everybody wins. He gave police permission to get his green pants so that he could put them on. Upon entering the truck to get the pants, police found green shorts that were not wet or dirty. But they were full of human ejaculate. <laughs> well, and this is going to come as a huge shock to you. Sitting on top of the pants were also a meth pipe and a lighter. <laughs> that is a shocking news. <laughs> Darby was placed under arrest when police further inspected the truck. They also found a bottle of lotion in the back seat and noted that there was lotion all over the interior and front and rear doors and interior of the tailgate. Darby faces up to three years in prison. It you wasn't just lotion, me. folks. That was jizz, too. That was plenty well, yeah. of jizz. I appreciate a guy who, you know, knows what he likes. And he, he obviously doesn't like friction. So he was like, huh? That's right. No chafing down in Arkansas. Colin, it is going to be a challenge to go down there and win. We have a five-game winning streak against Arkansas. This is clearly their best shot of breaking that in a long time. But 
there is some renewed energy in this team. And if we can find some magic on offense, got renewed faith in the defense. Yeah, honestly, I mean, winning and losing in Arkansas is probably going to come down to our defense again. It's um, For some reason, I'm mildly optimistic because of the way our defense is played. That's right. I can't imagine those words coming out of my mouth like six weeks ago. <laughs> I know. Hey, we got two things we got to do before we get out of here, Colin. And first of all, it's time for the TJ Mo Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. It's got to be Dan Mullen, right? Well, I guess. Did he do anything really douchey other than just lose his job? Just I mean, be I didn't... Dan Mullen. I don't know. Hey, you know, there's something that, about Dan Mullen that I find interesting. And, and we reported on it a while back. But you know how his weird wife always likes to hug and kiss and be way too publicly affectionate with his players? Mm-hmm, sure. Mrs. Mazzotcast exposed me to a terrible 90s kids movie on the Disney channel or on the Disney Plus streaming service called Blank Check. Are you familiar with this film, Colin? I have heard of this film, but I don't think I've... Uh, I, if I saw it, it was when I was uh, very, very young. Well, I had never seen it because it was uh, it was for kids, and I think I was maybe too old for it, and it was it was terrible. But the, the part that's worth mentioning is the woman in this movie, who I think is the same woman from Dumb and Dumber, who was like one of the bad guys chasing the Lloyd and what's his name? Anyway, there's a kid in this movie. He gets a blank check, and he writes a million dollars out to himself, and this woman... He's infatuated with, and she kind of goes along with it the whole time. And at the end of the movie, kisses the eleven-year-old boy on the mouth, like in a sexual way. And this it's just, is on Disney. This is on Disney, and I don't know why because it is the weirdest thing. <laughs> you would look up blank check, go to the end, and see a mouth-on-mouth eleven-year-old on thirty-year-old woman yep. makeout scene. Executive and, producer Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yeah, and apparently Dan Mullen's wife. That's what I'm circling it back to. That's her move. These kids are like 19, and she's tongue-kissing well, before every game. At least they're not minors. <laughs> I think the Florida players are maybe like, hey, okay, we understand Coach Mullen has to go, but can we keep his wife? Hey, Florida players like trains as much as the Rex guy. Sure, and tug jobs. I'm sure mm-hmm. she knows an old-fashioned. I don't know. And, and Dan Mullen, like, <laughs> first of all, Colin, after the game, he was asking the press conference, and this is always a bad sign. <laughs> One of the reporters said, do you want to be the Florida Gators head coach? And he, his answer was kind of like, yeah, of course. I, I love this job. I love the, my team. And it was really unenthusiastic and not very convincing in a way that like, I feel like if you're asked, do you want to be the coach of this team? The answer should be, that's an insulting question. How dare you ask me that? Of course I want to coach this team. But Dan wasn't like that. He was just like, yeah, it's pretty good, you know? Sure. Like how you answer your wife. She's like, do you want to go to this place with me? Do you, know, do you want to go out to dinner with my friends with me or not? And you're like, of course I do, honey. What are you talking about? Of course I want to go. Why would I want to hang out with my friends while getting together tonight whenever some woman you don't really like from work and her husband are gathering at a restaurant? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's right. That's yeah. how Dan Mullen answered it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good enough. Do shall we? <laughs> All right. Now, let's get to the important stuff, Colin. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair. Player of the game. Brendan, the uh, the player who most exemplifies the uh, majesty of Kirk Farmer's hair this week is going to be a little more difficult to choose because Beatty had a good game and he, it, he came through big time in OT. But do we want to give it to Beatty again? I mean, he and by all rights may deserve it. Is there somebody else though that uh, 
you can think of? Well, the defense played so well. I don't know if you could single one individual out on defense, but I feel like we're in the same position we were in last week with the win over South Carolina, where we needed Beatty, obviously. He is the linchpin of this team and the only way we score real points. But the defense was the bigger factor in this game. But I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it, ultimately, it was Beatty who scored the game when he touched it. The winning th- throw, you know what I mean? Like and Daniel Parker caught it. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I think ultimately it's Beatty. Yeah. I mean, it is a year where we're a flawed team and we need this one superstar and it's Tyler Beatty. And so if he wins it every week, it just only makes sense. That touchdown in overtime put us in a position to win the game. Yeah. And so uh, can't, hardly, uh, can't hardly give it to anybody else. Tyler Beatty, congratulations. You're wearing the golden locks again. We're going bowling, Colin. I did not think that was going to be a factor. Also, by the way, Tyler Beatty is now, I think, number three all-time single-season rushing leader for Mizzou. And I think he only needs 21 more yards to pass Brad Smith and take that number two position. He needs close to 200 to pass Devin West and become Mizzou's all-time single-season rushing leader. But that's well within the possibilities now that we have an extra game on the docket. You know, if if Beatty can just produce 200-yard games, and that's well within his capabilities, had four 200-yard games so far, then uh, he could we could be looking at a record-breaking season now with Tyler Beatty. God, nothing would make me happier than us beating Arkansas and him capturing that uh, record all in the same game. You know, I want to beat Arkansas because Tyler Beatty ran for 250 yards and three touchdowns. Well, Tony Temple did it to Arkansas several years ago. He sure did. (laughs) He sure did. Well, I'm excited. It is the season has taken a significant upturn. Things are going great. I think we're eating some words. Everybody who was upset. I mean, I'm happy to eat crow. You know what yes, I mean? I'm, like, I'm eating a delicious plate of crow every time we play now. And I think we can only assume that Coach Drinkwitz listens to this program. Cook us the crow however you want, man. We're, we're happy to eat it. You just give us a plate. We'll get a napkin. We're going to eat some crow, and it's going to be delicious all the way to the bowl game. But uh, till then, we'll see you in Arkansas. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Like what? I, 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 what? It, it, not, this makes zero sense. Hot garbage. Hot garbage.